1: Hello and welcome back to India on 99.94, your home of Indian cricket content. As always, I'm your host, Nikesh Raghani, BBC and SEN Cricket Commentator, alongside Sara Waris of Wisden. And today we've got a very special guest with us, uh, one of the newest members of the 99.94 Brigade, an all-round legend, uh, the man of uh, many, well, not many hairstyles, but many shirts wonderful head of hair as well it has to be said mr bharat Sundaraisan. how are you uh we're distant
2: relatives now aren't we uh distant cousins like what yeah i mean we are 99.94 family <laughs> man like yeah and it's so unfortunate that i logged on to this call a few minutes ago and i was so impolite i didn't even introduce myself to sarah so what better place than to do so on the podcast hi sarah my name's bharat
3: hi i'm i've been a huge fan of yours for Many years, following you for many years, and fa- our first interaction ever, so almost like a fangirl no, moment. Yeah, well, <laughs> no,
2: no, no, no fangirling here, it's just... But imagine, right, like our first introduction on a live podcast with the with, with the great Nikesh Rogani. What better place? Nobody could have dreamt this up.
1: Well, you, you know what's, what's funny as well? I've never met Sarah in person before doing oh. this podcast, so we jumped on for our first episode had never been introduced had never met and and just had to sort of rock up uh, alongside mr kimber on that occasion and uh, get on with it and and we've built up this rapport although i never i never got that kind of reception from sarah for she didn't know who i was she's obviously a big fan of yours she didn't didn't have a clue who i was hopefully she yeah. knows who i am now and uh, we're ready to to kick off once again, <laughs> right? So, Barrett, the reason we've got you on, obviously, uh, you want to plug your new podcast as well, which which is great. Uh, Barrett Sundaresen and, and Mitchell Johnson, uh, the Mitch Johnson podcast which has just dropped on the 99.94 feed uh, you got a copy of his book there you got it signed didn't you as well today which up. was uh which was great um I, I might have to send you one as well actually to to get you to do the business for me uh you've also got your australia on 99.94 launching soon but the reason we've got you on really is because you were at the mcg now we've done the review podcast of india versus pakistan we recorded uh, almost straight After the match, uh, emotions were still running high. It was just mad. It was crazy. It was mental. What the hell happened towards the end there? Um, It it will go down as one of the great all-time T20 matches, uh, if not the greatest, certainly the greatest uh, T20i match between these two nations at a world cup just just phenomenal virat kohli amazing uh, you know so many great performances some of the bowling from pakistan was brilliant uh, Nasim shah harris ralph up until his final over as well just just outstanding stuff really all around now that we've had time to process things Bharat, we just want to sort of get a flavor of of how things were for you are you over it for a start
2: uh, no, I don't think I'll ever be over it. And, and you know me, I'm I'm pretty chilled out in life generally. Nothing gets me too excited or, uh, uh, you know, over the top. I am over the top with the way I look. But, you know, I'm pretty uh, calm uh, regardless of what happens in a cricket match. Uh, but there were times during that match, and not so much because of the cricket. Because, you know, when you cover cricket for as long as I have, I feel like I sound like an old man. Uh, you kind of end, end up having seen a lot of... Most things you can see you see on a cricket field, even though I never thought I'd see a left-arm spinner being forced to bowl, left-arm seam up, or left-arm medium in a in the last tour of an India-Pakistan World Cup match. And I'm sure we'll come to that. But it was the atmosphere. Uh, you know, we've seen India-Pakistan matches. I've covered them in, in India, uh, in England, uh, during the Champions Trophy, the World Cup. Uh, but this was just different. Uh, I just put it in my piece, which I just sent across now, where it, it almost felt like, the Look, the anticipation had built up from the day this fixture was announced, not just in India and Pakistan, but even here. Uh, I remember speaking about this match last year, about what it would be like. And even I couldn't have imagined it being so special, so surreal. Uh, and it, leading up to it, leading into it, you almost felt like a couple of days out, the people of Melbourne, the city of Melbourne, had just like handed their keys to both India and Pakistan and said, you know, oh, over to you put on a show. And they in turn said, you know what, we'll put on a show you've never seen before. We'll put on the greatest show you've ever seen. And, and that's what it turned out to be. And even before I got to Melbourne, I took a 6 a.m. flight from Sydney yesterday. Uh, 80% of the people on that flight were either India, uh, Indian or Pakistani. Uh, and all the chatter, some people in their Indian jerseys already at 5.30 a.m. I made sure that I would not go close to them at 7 p.m. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> For obvious reasons, and it was just about it, the chatter was just about that match. So when we landed in Melbourne, the the air hostess said, "Welcome to Melbourne and enjoy the cricket." And at that point, one section of the flight broke into Pakistan Zindabad chants, and the other section started screaming India Jitega. All this on board a flight, a Sydney Melbourne flight. You know, it's it's unheard of, uh, and that continued on as uh, you know. You approached game time. I left my hotel at around four p.m. Uh, and the streets were filled with Indian and Pakistani flags uh, or cars with Indian and Pakistani flags sticking out, no traffic rules being obeyed. It could easily have been Mumbai or Karachi. And honestly, at one point, the Uber guy, uh, Uber driver turned around and said, uh, sir, do you want me to drive like we would back home? And I said, yeah, that's the only way I'm getting to the MCG. And that is honestly the only way I got to the MCG on time. And once you got there as well, I mean, there were 93,200 people inside but there would have been at least 70,000 people outside uh, who maybe never got in. Uh, as mighty Pakistani flags, mighty Indian flags. It, it was all just, uh, you know, you couldn't have scripted this. It it, it was just so special. Um, and also, you know, the national anthem. I've, of course, heard the Indian national anthem millions of times in my life. Uh, and, you know, at different cricket grounds. It, 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 is, uh, it is a moment that kind of, uh, uh, you know, whether you are... Big on national anthems or not? I'm not personally, but you know, you kind of whatever national anthem plays, you 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 know what I'm talking about, Nikesh. You kind of stand and and just listen. You just like you know want that moment to uh, go on without any any distraction, any uh, any disturbance. But here to hear what I'm guessing sixty thousand odd Indians. Uh, seeing Mana, like, I had goosebumps, which which says a lot. You know, it was quite. I was on on air on commentary, uh, and it made you a little emotional. Like you know, even though you weren't like wearing an Indian jersey and standing outside, uh, it 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 that was a special moment. And it it felt equally special listening to the Pakistani national anthem as well. Honestly, uh, so yeah, I mean, it. Uh, I think I built up what it was like to get to the ground, um, and after that, we know how the how the cricket panned out. But uh, as special as the cricket was. So was everything around it. And Sarah, you want to you wanna jump in?
3: Yeah, just about, uh, do you think that it was, it became the match, like one of the most memorable T20 matches because someone like Kohli was uh, there taking India through. He had his struggles and uh, all that he's been through in the last two, two and a half years. And then to come out at what, possibly the greatest stage ever and then to do what he did uh, after the match, he did say that, they were struggling in the middle. So, you know, just how good was Kohli, Coley, Kohli's knock? Uh, were his struggles, you know, because of his own um, like his own uh, flaws? Or do you think that the pitch was a little tough, the Pakistan bowling was that good? Just, you know, uh, his struggles in the middle and how he was able to make that comeback and... Um, the match became the match because of Kohli's knock, because you, no one else has the ability to unite the whole world like he does right now, I think. So just, you know, something on Kohli Coley and Kohli's knock and his struggles and how he managed to turn it around. Yeah,
2: I mean, all those things that you mentioned, the pitch was, uh, and also it has a lot to do with what time of the year this tournament is being played. There have been two major ICC men's events in in Australia, both... Uh, the 92 World Cup and the 2015 World Cup happened in, in February-March, uh, which is like proper summer and the pitches are tired, uh, much flatter. So generally when you have a white ball match at the MCG, uh, a one-dayer or a T20, you'll see there's like a proper sheen on that pitch. It's generally, it plays very, very fair and it's really good to bat on. But yesterday, and they're dropping pitches as well in Melbourne, as you know so it looked more like a sheffield shield wicket uh, it was fresh it like had that freshness there was there were green patches on it if you looked at it closely uh, and this is the first competitive cricket match being played at the mcg after the afl grand final which took place a month ago uh, so no surprises that the ball was doing all sorts for bhuvneshwar kumar and Arjdeep singh so in a way it was good uh, for india to win the toss uh, yeah, you know and, and field because who knows how this game would have gone if the Pakistani seamers, those Pakistani seamers had uh, first help of this or first use of this these conditions. Um, and, and to uh, come to Virat's struggles, I think the situation had a lot to do with it. You know, 31 for four, uh, and Haris Rauf and Naseem Shah were bowling so well. Uh, it was a question, it was a case of he couldn't take any risks. If he gets out, the match is over. Like, you know, they could not even get anywhere close to uh, the that Pakistan total. So he had no choice but to kind of play himself in and back his ability, not just to hit those boundaries, uh, but to manipulate the field. I mean, the MCG is a massive playing field, as you know, especially the square boundaries. Uh, And there was some, and even though we will talk about the sixes towards the end, I thought he controlled that innings beautifully after, say, the eighth or the ninth over uh, once his strike rate started picking up. Uh, I think that's where the rhythm came into being. Of course, the 20-over run helped where they went after Mohamed Nawaz, which is so crucial because that led to the whole uh, Azam gamble of keeping him for the 20th over, you know, pushing it or uh, taking that chance of like this Russian roulette where you knew Nawaz was waiting. Like how how long could you hide him before like, you know, he had to face up to Kohli and Pandya. Um, so I think it ha- that had a lot to do with uh, how he went about his innings. Uh, and yeah, I mean, of course, towards the end, what he did, uh, you correctly said, uh, being able to unite the world, uh, very few Indian cricketers or few international cricketer or cricketers in the history of the game have been able to do that. And he does have this special place in the uh, in the hearts of Australian people. I mean, there's this special love for him I've never seen. Um, and Australians love uh, special players coming from overseas and doing well here. I mean, they love Brian Lara. They love speak about this great Sir Garfield Sobers like he's he's a god. But Virat Kohli is in that class when it comes to Australians, like the way they uh, celebrate him over here. I think they celebrate him at times more over here than they do in India, which is kind of strange to say when you're talking about an Australian audience. Um, and that all played into the fact that he was at the MCG and you know he soaked in all that pressure uh, and then... You know, it could have all gone pear-shaped even if he didn't hit those two sixes. You know, 28 needed of eight balls. For him to produce those two shots under pressure against the best bowler on the day, Haris Roth, who like the Indians could not lay a bat on him. And to do what he did just tells you, like, my favorite uh, or the one uh, expression I use a lot with Virat Kohli, he's got that genius gene. Like, you know, once he switches that button on, he can do stuff that only he can do. And... Also, like you saw in his reaction, he does these things, and then he's kind of gobsmacked with how he himself did it. Yeah. You know, that's that's when you're you realize you're operating, or you're looking at someone operating at a at a higher level than just normal people.
1: Absolutely, you, you touched on legacy there, and, and we're going to continue that legacy chat after we take a short break here.
0: You're listening to Cricket's Conversation on ninety nine point nine four. Whatever your team, we have the show for you on podcast, YouTube or on the 99.94 app. We have India, England, South Africa, West Indies and now Sri Lanka covered. If you want to find us, the best way is to follow us on social media at 9994DM by downloading the 9994 app or Google 99.94 on podcast. We speak cricket. So, Bharat... Just looking at his
1: sort of legacy in, in T20 World Cups, let's start with that. Average of 518 when he's uh, involved, uh, when he's not out in, in chases in, in T20 internationals. 18 times in T20 internationals he's been not out and India have gone on to win all of those 18 matches as well. That I think that was part of the reason that I and, and many people that I knew just felt that... I mean, we didn't even know the stat at the time, but I just had a feeling that I can't remember... India finishing a match with Kohli batting second chasing being not out and India don't win the game it just doesn't happen does it i mean his legacy as one of the greatest finishers the game has ever seen in white ball cricket just grows and grows and and in terms of the the aura that he has internationally you mentioned the the sort of fanfare that he has in australia i mean there was always fanfare for sachin but not in the same way was there because Virat is almost one of their own with the attitude and and the aggression and all that kind of stuff whereas Sachin they were just in awe of this genius who just took them to pieces time and time again all those battles with Shane Warne and Glenn McGrath over the years they respected him immensely Sachin but Virat to the Aussies and and to to the rest of the world really is on a different level because you know all right in some countries you either love him or you hate him like in England here you know there are people who just hate his attitude but Generally, I think people just just love that aggression and 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 the genius as well, and and that legacy just continues to grow, doesn't it?
2: You're absolutely right about uh, the comparison between Virat and Sachin Tendulkar. Uh, because they admired him. They they almost uh, worshipped such internal here. whenever he played. Very similar to, like I said, a Brian Lara or a Gary Sobers. But with Virat Kohli, he, must, he might be the only non-Australian cricketer who they always look at and feel that he could have fit into any era uh, or an Australian team from any era. They just feel like he's more Australian. Like a couple of hours ago, I was doing some radio. That was the question again, uh, is... Uh, who do you want from the Australian team if we want Virat in the Australian? Like, you know, if we want to do a little barter, uh, who would you want? Because he just fits in, just this attitude to, to life, I guess. Because if you look at Australians generally, they are outdoorsy, they are adventurous. And I think Virat has that, um, and having been fortunate enough to have followed his career, interviewed him many times and interacted with him about non-cricketing things as well. He's got that curiosity about everything else that's happening um, around him. Uh, which is again like you know, which kind of caters to that Australian mindset. Uh, and, and that's what, like, you know, he plays it fair, but still he has some great friends in the Australian side. Look, Dave, whether it's David Warner or Glenn Maxwell or Adam Zampa, uh, or or even others going back in time. And Philip, the great, late Philip Hughes was his good friend as well. Um, so I think that's what really makes him special. And again, that innings the other night just proved why a lot of people have said that this is the Virat Kohli era of international cricket, not just Indian cricket. We are just in the Virat Kohli era. um, And it'll always be called the Virat Kohli era for not just what he does on the field, but what he represents on end of the field.
3: Yeah, just uh, um, like, you know, when he was struggling um, the two, two and a half years, uh, when Did you ever doubt that, you know, uh, it's over for him or he won't be able to make this strong of a comeback? I know in hindsight, it's very easy to say, yeah, I always um, always knew he could come back. But then uh, because uh, a few months ago, we had a four episode and I said then on 99.94 that Virat Kohli, I wouldn't pick Virat Kohli in my T20. I side right now. So, uh, you know, did you ever... um, think that okay it's over for him because you know that after that peak such a big uh, this downfall for him like we've never seen it we weren't used to it we didn't know how to uh, cope with it we didn't know if he could ever come back so were you surprised you know I and just you know that importance of the mental health break which he took he said he didn't touch a bat um, for three weeks First time uh, in his life, maybe he didn't touch a bat. So, uh, how important? Uh, how important was that break for him? Just having family around, and um, he now he has a daughter. So he's spoken a lot about you know how perspective has changed, how things have changed. So uh, yeah, what what was it like for you? A few months?
2: Uh, you no, know, again, like I think the one thing we can't do just. On the basis of that one innings, you say that Virat Kohli is back or Virat Kohli is going to be back to the top. It's just how it pans out uh, in sport, right? Nobody can stay at uh, their peak for forever. Uh, could he find another peak at this stage of his career? Probably, but I don't think the innings on Sunday night proves that or shows that he's back. I, mean, I don't, or that he had gone somewhere, right? It just shows that. Even when someone like Virat, or when you are like Virat Kohli, even when you're struggling, there are nights, there are days where you can kind of tap into that uh, almost almost supernatural, superhuman power that you have, you're blessed with, to produce the kind of knock he did. I mean, you let's compare him with an MS Dhoni. Obviously, MS Dhoni has not been what he was like for at least the last seven or eight years but there are still days and or in certain circumstances or scenarios he can still pull it off right i think that's what it is about virat kohli basically what that innings on sunday proves is that uh, like i said earlier he is he is he's got that extra gear or that extra level that nobody else has probably had in the game uh, others i mean shane warne like for example very similar right he could even when he was in his 40s he would come and produce magic Right, does not mean that he would come back and play test cricket. So for those uh, who felt like he should, like yourself, that he shouldn't be in the T20 side, it was completely justified. You know, he went through a lean patch and that's just how it is. It's basically, I guess, some way credit to the selectors or to Rohit Sharma who kind of felt that felt what we're, we're talking about now. That you Is the Indian team better off with the Virat Kohli in it? Or is it better off with uh, the Virat, uh, uh, team without Virat Kohli? Right? It always seems like it's better off with Virat Kohli. We're not talking about a Virat Kohli who's 38, 39 here. He's still just 33, 34. So he's still uh, you know, at the sort of that age where batters peak a lot. Uh, right? So we'll wait and watch whether this is the beginning of uh, uh, a new chapter in his career. But again, what another thing that stands out of this innings is he played this innings when he wasn't in the greatest of form or he didn't it didn't come on the back of him having made a lot of runs he he isn't in dream form like he was in say 2014 or 2016 this has come at a point when he was struggling even in this very innings like you said Sarah he was struggling and that almost adds to how special it was
1: Indeed, and, and the thing that I will always, you know, when, when Virat Kohli retires, and, and hopefully it's not for a few years yet, we, we want to see a lot more runs from him on the international stage. But when he eventually does hang up his bat, we're going to look back at those innings in Australia. I think with with the most memories. Uh, you, you hop back to 2014, 2015, and, and Bharat, we've we've both been lucky enough to watch him score runs and, and memorable runs in various different countries, in different conditions. But that 2014-2015 Test Series, for example, was absolute peak Coley, those 400s, when he'd just taken over the the captaincy and that sort of new aggression that he brought to the Test team after the retirement of MS Thoney. And, And the fact that he made those runs the other night at the MCG, in front of the Shane Warne stand, at the home of the late, great Shane Warne, who was a big, massive fan of Coley and and Kohli, OK, it wasn't the most aggressive innings to start with, but the way he finished and, and the grit and determination he showed, and it was almost like a heart back to those great Australian cricketers that have graced that turf in the past. How fitting was it just, just to do it at the MCG in front of that Shane Warne stand and and all those memories that that holds?
2: No, it had to be without Kohli, right? Like you'd be, I described the whole scene, the setting. I, I laid it out for you guys what it felt like to be at the MCG on Sunday night. And if someone had to do a star turn, someone had to be the headliner, it just had to be Virat Kohli. You know, it was inevitable that it would be him. I mean, he's always loved uh, the big moments. He's always been a big stage player. Uh, and, and you're right, um, you know, uh, he hit those sixes while facing the Shane Vaughan stand. It almost felt poetic. It almost felt like Shane Vaughn was watching him when he hit that six. You know, where it says the Shane Vaughan stand, the first six, that special six of Haris Rof, it would have gone maybe, what, uh, 200 yards to to the left of where it says Shane won, uh, in that direction anyway. So, so you're absolutely right. I mean, it it just added to the whole... And Like both of you said, uh, it would still have been special even if India hadn't won. It would have been special even if, say, Virat Kohli had gotten out at some point or Hardik had got out earlier and India had lost. But it just has now become the greatest spectacle ever, Because of what Virat Kohli did, and because it was Virat Kohli who did it.
1: Right, Bharat, on that note, we'll just, sorry, we'll just take a short break and then uh, we'll come back off the back of that
0: and we can kick off uh, with uh, a couple of more questions to Bharat. If you love the language of cricket and want more, And head over to the 99.94 app and you can hear all of our podcasts and cricket commentary. We're adding new shows all the time and covering cricket series from all over the world. Be the first to hear all of our announcements by following us on social media at 99.94 DM. Welcome to Cricket's Conversation.
3: Just the six, like the six, you spoke about the six. Just tell us, you were there, you saw that six of Harris Roth, how was it? We saw uh, the video that was uploaded by Send Radio and, you know, all the commentators were just in awe. And can you just relive that six again? Because, you know, just that presence of mind to uh, hit a six, which was possibly um, 60, 60 meters and not go a square leg for a longer boundary, just... Um, how was it like?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, look, uh, uh, I've now seen a lot of special things happen on the cricket field as a fan, as a journalist, as a commentator now these days. Uh, but those two sixes, and especially that first one that you spoke about, I, I was thinking about it the other day. I think when I do uh, move on from this world, that'll be one of those memories which will stick with me. And, and I'm not even trying to exaggerate here. It, it was just and considering everything and, you know, considering the that moment where... He just had to do it. And, you know, that's, again, we keep touching on it. That's why he's that special being almost, because he can do it. You know, when the whole world is watching and expecting you to do that thing and to do it. And because it came of Haris band, it had to come of Haris Raf. If he had done that, even of Shaheen Afridi, I don't know whether we would have been talking about it the way we are now. But Nafridi Afridi, just coming back from injury, didn't look at his best. If he'd done it of Naseem Shah, we would have said, yeah, a young fast bowler came under pressure, bowled into Virat Kohli. This was Haris Rauf, the best T20 fast bowler in the last two years. This was Haris Rauf at his adopted home ground, the MCG. This was Haris Rauf on a night where he had looked unplayable. And for Virat Kohli to produce that, that shot. And like you said, presence of mind... Uh, the ability to generate that much power to hit it so far. Like, yeah, the, it's a shortish boundary at the MCG, but he cleared it by by a country mile. Like it went a far long way beyond the boundary. Uh, again, it's just only Virat Kohli could have done it. And to the extent that after he did it, uh, Virat Kohli couldn't believe that Virat Kohli had done it, nor could Hardik Pandya at the other end.
1: Yeah, there was that six. And then there was the other one off the final delivery, of that Harris-Ralph over. And up until that point, I mean, India had looked dead and buried for for quite some time, really, at certain points. You know, 48 needed off the last three, and then eventually they they get a decent over off uh, off Shaheen, and then Harris-Ralph comes on to bowl. Still 31 needed off the final two. First four deliveries are are pretty much bang on from Harris-Ralph, and then bang, bang, those two sixes, that reaction from Hardik Bandia at the other end. I mean, the way they charged into each other and, you know, as I mentioned last time, there'll be a lot of Hindi lip readers who will know exactly what they were sort of saying at that moment as well. Lots of expletives and just really G'd up, almost like NFL players charging into each other after they'd just scored a touchdown. There was that, which just shows how pumped they were. There was also the fact that after the game, Kohli was talking about how Hardik was basically calming his nerves out there in the middle, which is a very un-Hardik Bandia-like thing to do, but has been actually Hardik Bandia's character maybe since taking over as captain of the Gujarat Titans in the IPL, The extra responsibility. He's now a father, of course. He's a married man. He's he's mellowed a bit in life. He's become more mature. And, and it was a very mature effort. So a little bit on you from... Hardik, and also just the camaraderie around the team. I mean, it just—it seems like a team that is so together with moments like that at the moment. And you've been around many Indian sides over the last few years, and and this just seems like a special group that's that's very together.
2: Oh, it, it very much is, and I was fortunate to bump into a lot of them and the entire team yesterday at the Mel, uh, at Melbourne Airport uh and yeah some happy reunions i was seeing some of them after a long time so that was good but just you're right just seeing them uh a lot of them with their families it just seems like a very settled group you know uh and it always adds when you see little kids running around and uh some one cricketer running after the other cricketer's kids and like you know the wives getting along and you you're right it just feels like one big happy family uh and obviously they had the spring in their stride which comes from you know an indian team which has beaten pakistan the previous night uh but but yeah hardik pandya look i think the 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 time when i realized that he's really matured was 2 years ago when india came here and uh, played that remarkable test series but in he was part of that one day series and there were a couple of finishes um, in the one day and the t20 where he really showed off uh, how much he's come of age you know not just as a batter but also as a person you know the maturity that you spoke about that comes from fatherhood that comes from being in a in a marriage uh, or in a relationship Uh, and and we saw that yesterday as well Sunday night as well the way before the explosion started there were at least three or four times he just hit the gap played the field and you know they picked up two runs or three runs uh, which is when like I said earlier when him and Kohli started doing that that's when uh things started moving. There was some fluidity to the innings. And then the explosion began uh, against Nawaz. Uh, And and yeah, I mean, I think he spoke to the media after the game and he said he's generally pretty cool and calm uh, on the field. But when that second six was hit, he just started screaming. He said, I started screaming uh, uh, like a fan, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, he also grew up kind of watching Virat Kohli for the first five, six years of Virat Kohli's career, right? And even though he's now become an integral part of this side, an a IPL-winning captain, in that moment, I think he just became Hardik Pandya, the, the k He could have been one of any of those 93,200 people around the ground, just watching Virat Kohli do what he did. Uh, and that, that's the emotion that, that came through. And yeah, you can't forget about his role in this. I mean, if he gets out at some point during that innings, uh, again, who knows, right? You're left with Dinesh Karthik and a pretty... I mean, look, Ashwin and Bhuvanesh Kumar, but not a power-hitting tail, And that uh, the required run rate was growing. So, yeah, I mean, his hand was very crucial, not just in India winning, but also, like you said, keeping Virat Kohli calm.
3: Yeah, you spoke about Ashwin, just that leave... To just... Again, that you know, being smart enough to know that okay, just leave it for a wide, and uh, that brought down the equation and scores were level at that point, and um, yeah, just that leave. Like, what were the emotions before the last over? Uh, Nawaz came on to bowl, then Hardik Pandya got out, then Ish Karte got stumped. That wide, no ball. There was a bias. Like, there was everything in that last uh, one over. What was the emotion? I know we've spoken a lot about emotions and everything. But that match was just all emotions and everything. So, um, And were you surprised that uh, they had to keep Nawaz for the last over? They couldn't bowl him earlier because then the match could have uh, been over earlier. So, uh, but you know, just the emotions around what happened and transpired?
2: Uh, look, first on Ashwin, I, and I hope my wife doesn't listen to this. She feels like I borrow all my lines from her. She's not a journalist, don't worry. So, <laughs> But she is very intelligent. So she says stuff and I quietly, sneakily listen to it and write it down. So she was watching the match back home in Adelaide and she said... And you guys will get this. R. Ashwin batted like a first ranker in school. Like, you know, he just walked out and did something that you expect a front bencher to do. The way he just, like, you know, marked his guard and walked in line of the ball. It was wide anyway, but just the way he kind of uh, accentuated how wide it was. Uh, It takes a very smart and yet a, a, a highly intellectual person to do that in under pressure. Last ball. Think about it, right? That's the moment, if you are an Indian who wants to play cricket or even if you're just an Indian. That's all of us, I'm sure at some point have uh, had a dream of winning a match against Pakistan of the last ball. And you are in the moment and you're, everything in your instinct is tink- telling you to like, you know, go for the ball. And whatever the line of the ball was, you could have tried a paddle sweep or whatever, got some pad on it, India lose or anything could have happened. But to have the presence of mind and the intellect to just move in um, just tells you everything you need to know about Ashwin. Uh, and then to keep the calm again to just like bunt that ball over mid-off and not try anything extravagant again tells you about why uh, you know ashwin is uh, considered arguably one of the most intelligent cricketers to have played for india uh, but the last over drama look it i think it's just pakistan panicking uh, and that's the uh, that's the beauty of having virat kohli i mean you said nikesh earlier what makes him such a special uh, finisher It's because he plays on the opposition's mind. He makes them do things that they're not comfortable with. And look, Mohammed Nawaz bowled two very good overs. He went only for nine runs. Then he goes for 20 runs. People go for runs in T20 cricket. It's not like Aksar Patel who bowled one over and went for 21. So if Pakistan had just asked him to do what he does best, which is bowl left-arm spin. He's not some young kid. He's played enough cricket now. Maybe they would have still lost. But at least he would have been comfortable doing what he was doing. But then Babar Azam lost control, let Mohamed Rizwan kind of take over proceedings briefly. And then they decide to do this bizarre thing where Mohamed Rizwan stands a few yards behind and they get him to like kind of run in and bowl like Ijaz Ahmed uh, or Inzam Mahmul Haq used to just like darts balls in. There was no, I mean, under that pressure, there's no way you would have, uh, you could have expected him to get bland every ball. So credit to him that he got two wickets. Honestly, Mohamed Nawaz deserves yeah. a big pat on the back for being asked to do something... He's never done before. It's almost like the only other time I've seen that happen is when Manoj Prabhakar bowled off spin to Sri Lanka in Delhi '96, in where someone comes in as a as a spinner or a fast bowler, and because of the circumstances, is forced to do something he's not he or she is not used to. Um, and, and that's what happened. So he completely lost control towards the end. Shahab Khan was running in from deep midwicket. It was almost club cricket. He's asking Baba Azam to run to deep midwicket and says, "I'm going to take over the captaincy." These seeds generally don't play out in international cricket, uh, but they did because of what uh, Virat and Hardik did, and because Virat was just in there and putting that pressure on them.
1: Yeah, absolute madness, and and a day that you know Indian cricket fans and and even Pakistanis, you know, will, will never forget really. Um wouldn't we just love to see more India versus Pakistan cricket outside of World Cups? And, uh, you know, I mean, we, we've talked about, about those memories uh, that certainly I've got of 04, 05, 06, 07. They're playing each other every year, weren't they? Tours back and forth and that friendship series, it all started within 04. Just, just fantastic scenes, close games, really good cricket, legendary players. We'd just love to see that once again. Uh, it doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon, but... We can all live in hope. Uh, so so look, that was India-Pakistan. We, we're still quite not, you know, we've not quite come down from that. We hope the players have those. So just before we wrap up on this one, next up, of course, the Netherlands on Thursday for India. You'd expect them to, to get through that one without too many issues, although the Netherlands have got, you know, several decent players in their side, lots of first-class experience in there as well. What, what do India, how do they sort of approach that game and then South Africa uh, on on the following game on Sunday as well, given the fact that they've they've just had this highly emotional game against Pakistan as well, what what would be the process going into Thursday first?
2: Uh, no, I mean I was speaking to uh, some of my colleagues who are in Sydney right now, uh, and apparently it was uh even though these are all optional net sessions, uh, it's, it's travel net practice play. Uh, Everyone from Virat to Rohit turned up and it was like a full-fledged practice session. All of them batted. Uh, so it's in a way, it's good that they have a game like Netherlands and not another high-profile game like South Africa right after this. Because like you said, it's a, it, it is a challenge to get yourself up uh, from or down or up or wherever you are after that performance. Uh, and you are on a high, right? Like because of the result, but also just the whole atmosphere. Uh, so I'm not saying that they will take Netherlands. Likely it's a good sign that all of them are out practicing, that it's nobody's wants to kind of just... Uh, soak in that glory and stay in that, uh, in that position. The tournament has just started, don't forget. Uh, so it's good to have a team like uh, Netherlands to face. Like you said, they're a plucky team. A lot of them have played cricket in Australia. Uh, but it'll set them up nicely for when they come to Perth to face South Africa. And don't forget that results last night, the rained off uh, game between South Africa and Zimbabwe has opened this group up. And South Africa, for no doing of theirs, are under immense pressure. Uh, and I think they have a match to go before this, uh, or maybe not, I'm not sure about the schedule, but either way that that's going to be a crucial game. And Pakistan, if you are Pakistan, you want India to beat South Africa and just like sail through and then you just bank on other results to get through. So yeah, a lot riding on that one. But before that, it's, it's good to go to Sydney where India love playing cricket. They have some really happy memories of playing in Sydney the last two years or the last two tours they've come here. Uh, so it's a, it'll be a good place, you know, a lot of happy vibes uh, at the SCG and a good game to like just set them up for that next big game. Sarah,
1: anything you want to add before we wrap?
3: I think that's it. We can keep talking. We can keep talking, but it'll never be enough. But we have a, de- a time. Yeah, we might have to dedicate a whole series mm-hmm. to to yeah. Virat Kohli
1: at, at some stage. Uh, but Baza... Or am I allowed to call you Bazer? Is it Baz? Is it Brat, as the Aussies say?
2: ah oh, well, there's uh, I mean, there's also uh, my alter ego, Barry Sanderson. Um, Barry Sanderson. So, which... Wow, I like that.
1: <laughs> I've, I've called you a lot worse in press boxes over the years as well. That is true. And we shall and, not repeat... And you've uh, reciprocated as well, so... In much worse fashion, so yeah. <laughs> 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 right. Well, well, Parrot. thank you very much for joining us here on uh, India on 99.94. Best of luck with, obviously, all your SEN commentary that you're doing, uh, your writing that you're doing for Crick Buzz uh, over at uh, the T20 World Cup. And, uh, of course, your new podcast, uh, Mitch Johnson Podcast, has dropped on the 99.94 feed. So do uh, subscribe to that one, have a listen, and then uh, keep an eye out for Australia on at 99.94 as well. But Bharat, for now, thank you very much and see you soon, hopefully.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having uh, me on, guys. And I'm sure we'll do this more often now that we are part of the same family. Um, hopefully it's not a quarrelling family. We'll have all these family get-togethers <laughs> and gatherings that we'll see each other at.
1: Nice one.
3: Hopefully once India wins the World Cup. Uh, well, now
2: that West <laughs> Indies are knocked out, <laughs> <laughs> maybe India will win.
1: <laughs> your team, your adopted yeah. team. Thanks, Bharat. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks for listening to India on 99.94. Please rate, review, and subscribe. You can download the 99.94 app from where you get your apps usually. And you can follow us personally on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Nikesh Raghani and Sarah is at Swaris16. We'll put links up for everything we do there on this podcast and beyond. And you can also follow our network at 99.94 DM on social media. Remember, if you love cricket, then we are the home of Cricket Audio. Follow us for podcasts and commentary from the bat and ball world. Thanks for joining Cricket's Conversation 99.94.